welcome back to They Made Another One, where each week we study an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see how it holds up all on its own. I'm one of your hosts, Corey. And I'm your other host, Liam. I feel like I really hit that They Made Another One this time. I was actually thinking the same thing. I, I was <laughs> I was wondering if I should like turn you down because you just sounded so powerful that, that whole one, time. Yeah, that one just felt... That was a... You don't always nail it. Look, I'll be the first person to admit you don't always nail it. Nobody does. But... When you hit it, mm, Mamma Mia just right. Man, and you were, Corey was yawning before we started recording, everyone. I think he was just, he was hustling me. (laughs) I was holding, I was like powering up. I was uh, doing one of those like, uh, I don't know, like that thing that Goku does. You know the one. Oh yeah, he he powers up. Everybody's favorite character on Inuyasha. (laughs) Every time you yawned, you were Kirbying someone else's (laughs) podcasting hosting abilities. You were going recording a podcast was having a terrible time. You were you were going on different podcast pages on the internet. You would pull up the host's picture and then you would go just look at it real hard and like steal their soul. (laughs) Well, whatever you did, it worked out. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. And another thing that sounds pretty good is the movie. That we're talking about this week, strong title, you know, just The Predator. I wonder what that movie's about. The Predator. I wonder what this podcast is about. Well, they made another one. Who's they? It doesn't matter. We're on the same wavelength with the movie, I think. I think that maybe helps. What the fuck are you talking about? We're on the same wavelength. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to make... Some I'm, I I have never been more thrilled about saying something that doesn't make any sense because I'm gonna stop right here. You know, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I had a point when that sentence started, and by the time it ended, I don't know if I did. So yeah, let's just leave it. As it is. Let me let me know. Maybe put in a a post mortem <laughs> note when you're editing this, and let me know if you figured out what you were supposed to be. Saying. So I, I I had enough power built up for a precisely one intro. Yes. At that point, your energy source is completely <laughs> depleted. Everyone, we need to take a break. Corey needs to go Kirby up some more some more souls. Anyway, the Predator, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah, the Predator. <laughs> back. It's it's different than Predator, and it's different than Predators. It is. It, it is the Predator from just a couple years ago. Everybody, 2018. Hunting season opens. 914 according to the poster nobody wow. knows what 914 means it's a mystical <laughs> symbol that's why i watched the movie was to figure out what the 914 is i didn't i didn't get it yeah it's tragic must have been left on the editing floor on that one imagine cutting out something that ends up on the poster that feels like inappropriate but honestly i, w- I wouldn't put it past this movie feels like a lot <laughs> got cut out of this one yeah yeah, if I'm gonna so, let that predator out of the bag, we that's recently how it feels. talked about Predator because I own a VHS of the movie Predator. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. Now that is true, but I'm gonna tell you right now, I've only seen like parts of Predator on TV. I don't really know what the deal with Predator is. Predator, as far as I understand it, is a bunch of buff dudes go in the jungle and one by one get murdered by the predator until arnold outsmarts the predator and then the predator just continued to fight increasingly ridiculous things i'm assuming that's what happened it's a safe assumption i think i would assume the same thing because i'm in the same boat as you Corey. oh man 
I haven't seen uh, original Predator. You know, it was on TV, so I've seen little bits and pieces. I think my dad would watch it when it was on, but I never actually sat down with him. It just uh, never, never interested me all that much. The whole action horror thing, especially like 80s action movies were never my thing as a kid. I didn't really like the look of the Predator. Um, and I just, uh, I, n- I never gave it a shot, you know, so I haven't seen any of the Predator movies and I don't know a whole lot of the lore. You know, I thought I did. And then I was, <laughs> I was watching this, I was thinking, wait, why is the Predator doing that thing? I guess it's something I, I don't know about. I don't know. Yeah. So the only two, the only thing that I know about, I'm pretty sure Predator 2 is basically Predator Takes Manhattan. Damn, but they were smart enough to not call it that, oh, so wait, they didn't piss off right. the fans. Predator 2, he's in town with a few days to kill, is the tagline. Um, 914. There it is nine, again. Nine, <laughs> Actually, the poster says 1997 this time. Nobody knows what it means. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> um, uh, so Predator 2 is set in Los Angeles. Um, oh, the Predator folk is a technologically advanced alien hunter, and he's fighting a disgruntled police officer played by Danny Glover. And he's disgruntled? That sounds like Danny Glover. Is Arnold in that one? No. Oh, okay. I, I assumed he stuck with it for the for the original Predator f- films until Predators, so that's yeah, nice to no. me. Well, there's only two original ones, apparently. It, oh. it takes up such a large space in pop culture that I just kind of assumed there was more. I, I would have at least thought they made it to a third. I mean, the third one is the 2010 one. Yeah, yes, I, I wouldn't have guessed that. There's like Alien versus Predator, which I guess counts, but like, yes, it, it yeah. feels like kind of a different thing. Um. Well, those came out when, like, when I was <laughs> Alien versus Aliens versus Predator. Sorry, Requiem. Wikipedia oh, yeah. says is a 2007 American science fiction action film directed by the Brothers Strauss. Huh. <laughs> it's but, cool to just dub yourselves the Brothers Strauss. I guess so. That's like two bros and they just they make movies. Yeah, they did Skyline. Oh, hey, Skyline 2 is on our list. And Skyline 3 just came out. <laughs> Dang, I don't, I don't even know what Skyline is. I just found it on the internet it's one very, time. It's very blue. It sounds like it would be. It's really blue. That's all I know about that. That's also not what we're here to talk about. Yeah, this no, not, not yet. I got us here. One day we will be. being distracted by the Brothers Strauss. Um, <laughs> but not to, well, be, not to be confused with the Brothers Sprouse, which are... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's how they, they dub themselves, but they're also not as old as the Brothers Strauss, so maybe they'll get to 30 and they'll be like, you know what? This we is the way we've got to go. we got to rebrand it. Um, you, I feel like you've seen Alien vs. Predator, probably. No, no, but, oh, that's, wow. but that's the one I feel most close to just because it came out when I was in grade school. That was probably my introduction entirely to the concept of Alien or Predator. You know, they came out and I couldn't really separate the two. In fact, I remember learning that Predator was a separate film franchise. I had no idea. And that really, that kind of blew my mind because I thought Alien versus Predator, that was just the an original concept. Um, I didn't know that the Alien or the Predator movies existed. And then, you know, at some point I figured it out and I have seen uh, a good amount of the Alien movies, but Predator has still been uh, 
left by the wayside to me. Yeah, it's funny. So we were thinking about having Mitch on this week. Schedules didn't work out, but turns out he would have been the predator guy. He apparently likes Predator. <laughs> oh, that's I, kind of surprising I, to me. I, and I'm glad that's what that means. You called Mitch the Predator guy. I'm worried about what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, so he he has some thoughts that a few short thoughts that um I'll mention later. He has more that obviously we can't get to, but so we're missing out on that uh knowledge that we could have. I will say that it seems to me that the plot of the Predator is similar to the plot of Predator as far as I can, in at least in the beginning. So Predator 1 is about a spacecraft flying near Earth that releases an object into the atmosphere, according to Wikipedia. And then there is a team trying to rescue hostages, and they f- find a bunch of dead people in the jungle, and now they have to fight the Predator. And this movie is about a group of military dudes after a Predator ship lands on Earth while they're trying to get hostages, a bunch of objects are found, a bunch of people die, and they have to fight the Predator. Close enough. I've left a couple details out to make that a little bit cleaner of a comparison, but we are firmly in soft reboot territory here. Yeah, I believe it. That sounds like a, a difference that only a the could differentiate. Other than that, <laughs> it's about the same. And so going into this, did you think we were getting a sequel or a reboot or a remake? Oh, I assumed we were getting what we got. I I would categorize this as a soft reboot. It's like it is a sequel, but it could just as easily ditch all of the lore and just have had a predator in it, and I yeah. wouldn't have known the difference. So, you know, yeah, whatever. I fi- I figured same thing. You know, I knew Arnold wasn't in this movie, and I thought he was the predator guy. But apparently, he's only been in the first one, so I guess it wouldn't have made that much of a difference. But I figured, yeah, it would be an update, um, but it would be a separate story. It wouldn't be retelling whatever we got in the first movie, and and that's what it is. It's a it's a soft reboot that could be classified as a sequel, but can yeah. be taken on its own. The focus here is on a kid played by our boy. <laughs> Jacob Tremblay, who I didn't know was in this. Oh, I knew it. I knew he um, was in it. I was stoked. The new Arnold. The new Arnold. I, I've got a I've got a couple issues with his whole appearance here that we'll get to later. But I don't like I don't like his bra- I don't like his brown hair. I don't like that <laughs> aspect of his appearance. I was I was happy to see uh Trevante Rhodes, who I haven't seen in like basically anything since Moonlight. I don't know what he's been up to. Yes, I, I loved I, seeing I, him. I know that was great. Um. May as well talk about the rest of the cast. We're halfway there, you know? We're in it. <laughs> Four people in this cast. <laughs> uh, Boyd Holbrook is uh, is our lead, is Quinn McKenna. I, I wasn't familiar with his work before this. Um, no, he feels very much to me like the lead in Avatar, where it feels like... <laughs> Sam Worthington. <laughs> yeah, where it's like Hollywood being like, this is going to be our new leading man, and, he, and he's, and he's going to go away quick. That's how I felt about it. And him. he's just a very normal-seeming guy. Yeah, um, we have a uh, Keegan Michael Key and Olivia Munn, who are people who don't who I am a lot more familiar with than Boyd Holbrook. Yes, yeah, um, and c- cool to see them in movies because Olivia yeah. Munn, you know, she's around, but Keegan Michael Key, I haven't seen him in a live action role in a little while. So yeah, and we've got um, Sterling K. Brown, who's great in basically everything that he does. Oh yeah, I love him. Uh, He's got a talk- great part in Supernatural. He's awesome. Yeah. Thomas Jane, Alfie Allen, Augusto Aguilera, uh, Jake Busey, son of Gary. 
and, and you could tell too and you could tell you can identify and, a descendant of the buster anywhere <laughs> descendant of the buster that sounds like that sounds like an alien versus predator sequel <laughs> avp the descendant of buster <laughs> descendant of buster too hollow scene and then Ivan uh strahovski is emily there you go that's everybody that's everybody i think that we end up really dealing with uh in the story i kind of lost my train of thought i didn't really know what to go with that in this uh in this movie we're talking about movie, uh it's directed by shane black who i found out today uh is an actor in predator the first one and mm-hmm. robocop 3 yeah yeah he started off as an actor uh, interesting he went on to do writing and directing kiss kiss bang bang the nice guys other films yeah have you seen any of this stuff I have seen The Nice Guys. Yes, and I've I, seen I saw, that one as well. I saw Iron Man 3, I think. Mm. I, I think I did. Uh, that's about it. Oh, well, I've seen Last Action Hero. That would be it, though. Have you? Oh, yeah. I am so proud. Okay, what do you think about proud. Last Action Hero first? Um, I don't know. I saw it once a couple years ago. I remember liking it fine. I don't really remember a lot about it. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, well, uh, the reason I say I'm proud is because I don't hear people talking about that Arnold movie, and I saw it recently as well, and that movie that movie knocked my socks off. That is by far my favorite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I thought that movie was amazing. I loved that thing. And, yeah, he wrote that one, which is cool. Okay, well, what do you think about The Nice Guys, which is Shane Black's last director-writer credit before The Predator? So he's coming off The Nice Guys hot. Yeah. Once again, I remember really liking that movie. I've only seen it the one time I saw it in theaters. I remember having a good time. I like the cast. I thought it was funny. I think. (laughs) I think I liked it. I remember liking it. Cool. Uh, Yeah, I I really like that movie, too. I think it's so so funny that movie has a lot of wit and some jokes that like i haven't really seen before like in an action movie like when uh ryan gosling puts um a a towel around his hand and he punches out a window and then he takes his hand out and his hand is just like bleeding profusely (laughs) (laughs) like that i've never really thought of that before so i think that's a really witty movie the towel was there not to protect your hand but to soak up all the blood from punching the window out yeah yeah uh so it sounds like we're shane black fans i guess Fair yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, I really am. When this movie came out, and uh, and I, I heard that he was behind it, it he made me want to go see it. I um, heard that he did this, and uh, the fact that Fred Decker was also a screenwriter yeah. on this movie that made me want to go see it too. I was so close Friend to seeing of the this show, movie, Fred Decker. I was so close to seeing this in the theaters because Fred Decker, he hadn't uh, been credited in forever. Yeah, but he Fred did. Fred Decker of RoboCop three fame. Robocop 3, Night of the, Night Creeps, of the Creeps, one of my favorite movies, Monster Squad. House uh, 2, the second story. Yep, and he also had a story credit on The First House, which is a great movie. So seeing both of them back in action, teaming Looney up. Looney Tunes, back in action. Is he, is he on there? No, it's just you said back in action, so I said it reflexively. Oh, man, that would have been cool. Sorry to get your hopes up. My life just flashed before my eyes. <laughs> yeah, so when, when The Predator came out just a couple years ago, I was really close to seeing it because of Shane 
Black and Fred Dicker and because of Jacob Tremblay, too. I mean, I was on the Jacob Tremblay train at that point. I had seen Book of Henry just recently. (laughs) I still loved Room. And uh, I was really close to seeing this movie. And then... Why um, didn't you? Well... Having not seen any of the Predator movies sort of, you know, took a bit of, I wouldn't say wind out of my sails because maybe the wind wasn't even there to begin with. Maybe I didn't even have a sail, but it's just that um, I hadn't seen any of the movies. So so I wasn't rushing out based on the title. And so whenever I would think of the movie, I would like have to remind myself that Shane Black and Fred Decker are behind it. And then reviews started coming out as this dropped and they were like. <laughs> overwhelmingly hey. negative like i was i Those was so shocked reviews i was so shocked and par- honestly that made me want to see the movie more because i was just thinking man if this is that way i need to go see it make up my own mind that's that sounds interesting to me i, I haven't really heard of a movie being ripped apart like this uh in quite a while and then for whatever reason i just didn't get to it but it has been on my personal watch list since it came out because i've still been interested in it for that reason you know the the fact that critics really ripped into it for its humor and stuff i just i thought what could this be and so um i even queued it up um on my tv at one point on home video and i was about to watch it I don't remember what happened. I must have gone into a few state. And then state. the predator kicked your door down. <laughs> yeah. So I, and he said, blah, 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 or whatever the predator talks like. <laughs> and then I t- and then I told him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's a reference to the end of this movie, everybody. Uh, so uh, I I didn't see it, but no, I've been re- I've been I've been really close to seeing it, and that's why it was so early on on our podcast list. It was just because I figured at some point we've got to get to this, and I thought of it early because I've I've wanted to see it myself. So I was I was excited to check it out for all those reasons. Yeah, I mean, I uh, on the flip side heard this movie came out, and then basically never thought about it again, um, and did not see it, and wasn't planning on seeing it, and here we are. Two sides of the different coins (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i'm in a weird a weird state today well you know what uh it might make for a good show it wouldn't be this podcast if that weren't true it wouldn't be this podcast if that weren't true every single week (laughs) (laughs) for different inexplicable reasons um so i guess i already kind of gave the plot huh I can you get absolutely a little bit more did. specific. Um, Olivia Munn is a scientist of some kind who was taken to like top secret government security location who have a predator in captivity that encountered uh, Quinn McKenna, our protagonist, and his boys out in the woods. And um, he is they're trying to like silence him and the fact that aliens exist and they're here and they're trying to kill everybody uh and it comes out that uh there's all this alien technology now that is being left around that some of it might have been sent here intentionally some of it maybe not and whatever this one predator was trying to do other predators are not happy he's doing that so there are predators here hunting other predators while a group of people who are trying to not be silenced by the government are also hunting predators. And some of that alien technology gets sent to Rory, who is the son of Quinn, the lead man, played by Jacob Tremblay, who is established 
as having autism. And the movie is making the argument that autism is the next step in human evolution and the predator wants the kid because of his autism. We're going to get into that because that's a choice. Certainly a choice for your movie to make. Um, But I think that's all the additional specific detail that's worth mentioning. Uh, So, Liam, you were the one that was excited about this movie. You had a lot of hype built over the years about giving this a shot. And what did you think? How did it turn out? Well, um, I'll tell you what, Corey. I liked a whole lot about this movie. I'm looking at my notes here. I'm mm-hmm. seeing I like, I like this, I like that, I like that, I like that. There was so much stuff that it happened, and I was like, dude, that's that's really cool. I am so into that. So I'm really amazed that I don't like the movie at all. <laughs> Wait, what? Wait, uh, that was a fucking weird, that was a twist. Yeah. You had me beat. I was like, okay, so he's going to be the guy that liked it this time. Um, Spoilers for how I feel. Uh, Why didn't it come together? Because I think, uh, okay, just in in terms of story, I think this movie is really, really chopped up. That's how it feels. Um, I think that uh, the story here is like simultaneously really slight, but also too big for what's on screen it feels like we are missing out on key information constantly and sometimes uh something happens in the movie like a key plot point in the movie and there's little to no emphasis placed on it so it feels like it was either a reshoot or um the editing had to be rushed or something um so just in terms of like the way it told a story i thought that was flawed um all the way through and uh the i think the effects here when it gets into cg stuff isn't does it doesn't look good is not shot in an interesting way i i was really um fond of realizing this movie takes place in like suburbia in the city not in the jungle so that was one of the things i liked about this movie was i i liked some of that setup i liked that we have jacob tremblay like wearing the predator's mask for halloween like that's just kind (laughs) of that's kind of silly and cute i like that the movie takes place at halloween i'm like hey fred decker monster squad let's go um so I, I like that. But then I think once the action really starts here, um, it just looks very bland. Um, it looks like it's trying to maximize the the opportunities that a green screen affords. You know how sometimes... Uh, um, well, hey, we got, we got Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. One of my favorite franchises of all time. Those action scenes um, in the city are like so dynamic and they find such cool locations to go to. And, um, you know, there's burning buildings. There's there's a train. Uh, there's, there's just so much stuff that to keep things interesting. Um, but in this movie, it, it feels more like uh, Captain America Civil War when all the characters come together and fight just in a big like hangar at a at a airport or whatever and it's supposed to just be the biggest vastest location possible where there's not 
not a whole lot of uh, things to interfere with the action and we can just shoot the action cleanly. Um, so I thought the action sequences were a big letdown here. I did like some of the gore, but um, re- big emphasis on some because I think actually after our first gore sequence in the opening of the movie, from that point on, I think the gore is like, it feels really tertiary. It doesn't look good because it's CG. and um, The blood looks really bad. <laughs> Yeah, real, real bad. And I think um, what that ties into, the blood looking bad and also like not being shot in an interesting way, besides that first scene where I think the blood is shot in an interesting way and is what made me realize this about all the gore later on in the movie, is the thing that disappoints me most about this movie is that it is very much an R-rated movie, um, but it feels like it should not be... um, and it feels like it is like forcing itself to be an R-rated movie, and um, it is all the worse for it. I think the humor in this movie uh, is is really not funny. I mean, at, at the core of it, it's it's stuff that the movie's not funny. It's it's stuff that like. Um, if we're going to take out the offensiveness of some of these jokes, because there's a whole lot of, of that in there. It's like really, really crass jokes. Um, if we're going to take that out for a second, it's, it's jokes that you've heard before on like the school playground. So right. it's not, it's if not even gonna offend me, at least be creative. <laughs> yeah. And then at that point, you know, I, someone might not even realize they're offended or be offended because it's just like oh i haven't heard that before but it's it's stuff that has been said before and has been said not in a movie because it's like this is the kind of thing that isn't in a movie because it's not funny to hear it you know it's it's jokes that have been repeated so many times just like at a bar or something so for that to be in this movie that feels like it's pushing it into our rating territory but it doesn't need to be because the joke isn't that funny so we could take that joke out slot it for another that and then um that maybe works better and doesn't have to be so crass or it can be crass but it's something new so i don't like the humor in this movie um and then that ties in with the gore not being effective so it feels like okay we didn't need to have that gore and then maybe if we weren't trying so hard to be like a um the sort of adult action movie that you've never seen before, this could actually be something that feels more satisfying, more natural. Honestly, um, I watched Venom uh, a few months ago, and I I was really impressed by Venom. I think it does what this movie is doing, is maybe trying to do so much better, because Venom is really dumb. The plot is so corny. Um, and it's the sort of plot that you've seen a hundred times over. You know, you have a bad guy, a bad businessman trying to do something to the world and then that to make it better. But really, uh, it gets away from him and he gets caught up in his own hubris and greed. And um, the good guy, Venom, has to stop him while also battling his own identity demons. It's all this stuff you've seen before, but it finds fun places to go. It has genuine wit to it. It embraces its dumbness. And um, it doesn't have these forced, like, mature moments um, that are supposed to make the audience, like, just laugh because they haven't heard this stuff before. I just don't think... 
I, I don't I'm really confused about a lot of the a lot of the choices made in this movie. And that's that's and I'm purposefully avoiding right now all the stuff that is like genuinely um, confusing and um, very easily offensive and just like outright. I, 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 nonsense. Like, I don't get it. The stuff about Tourette's and autism in this movie is, is honestly, absolutely ridiculous. And honestly, so I think we should just talk about that now. All right. Well, you, you talk about, you say what you felt about this movie and then bring us into that. Yeah. Well, okay. If we're going to do that really quick, we didn't finish the, the crew. That was my fault. I got distracted. Uh, edited by Harry B. Miller, who did Tremors 4. So maybe we'll see him again. Um, cinematography by Larry Fong, who uh, works a lot with Zack Snyder relevant i guess um i don't know if he did justice league but he did batman versus superman uh watchman sucker punch 300 he also did kong skull island and super eight um music is from alan silvestri who also did you know predator the first one and uh henry jackman worked on kingsman gi joe retaliation captain phillips and both the kick-ass movies uh yeah i don't like this movie (laughs) um this movie is so bland i think even if you ignore like offensive shock humor that's not funny because you can sort of brush it off as like oh it either it might be it might be relevant to like a group of like you know outsider military dudes who aren't going to be the most prim and proper whatever i can understand that um but all the sci-fi stuff looks like generic sci-fi ships and lasers and screens and whatever um all of the action is very sort of plain um like you said it's not shot in a very interesting way um the soundtrack is the soundtrack to every sci-fi sci-fi movie ever made um there is nothing to set this movie apart from any other science fiction action movie that is targeted at an adult and it makes for a very boring viewing experience and that's ignoring, like you said, some of the more significant problems with it. It's just kind of bland. I like a couple of these actors in these roles. In particular, I think Trevante Rhodes is probably the standout here. Yep, I, I like him. He's really charming. Uh, but fuck, I don't know. It's very unremarkable. And uh, even the effects, some of the effects look kind of weird and bad. And I don't really know why you don't if you're the studio, you don't really throw money at the wall for that. That's confusing to me. Um, I agree with your assessment that the plot feels like weirdly cut up into vignettes. Um, I don't have a lot to say. Uh, I think this movie's very one note and bland. And I agree with a lot of what you said. It's trying to be like funny and quirky and interesting. Uh, to set itself apart from the things that I guess it lacks visually or like conceptually and how they want to put it together, but it just does not work. Yeah, it feels like the the only oh. things... What's that? Filming took place in British Columbia from February to June 2017, with the entire climax being rewritten and reshot in July 2018 following poor test screenings. This movie came out in September. They reshot the ending in July. Wow. They rewrote and reshot the ending two months before the movie came out. Well, that's not good. (laughs) 
I feel sort of vindicated in talking about uh, these editing choices because mainly and, and these and these plot points that like aren't don't have any emphasis put on them because what I'm talking about there now that we're in the thick of it is basically the last 20 minutes of this movie when we just start to kill off every main character in the movie but it happens so so quickly like Sterling K Brown's character I think I'm still not even sure I would have to read the Wikipedia page I think he gets his head shot off but it happens so so quickly that I I couldn't even tell and then I was only <laughs> able to assume that he did get his head shot off because he didn't show up at any other point in the movie after that but if he had shown up then I would have just been like oh I guess I didn't see what maybe I thought I saw um, the whole last half hour of this movie is really, really confusing. Everyone just starts dying. But in the in the strangest of ways, I'd say the only um, exception to that is uh, Thomas Jane and Keegan-Michael Keegan Key's deaths, which I actually thought was kind of that fun. That was kind of a neat bit. And, I hadn't and, seen that before. And poetic. What happens there is that they're, they're all battling the, the Predators, um, and Keegan-Michael Key gets a, wounded with a huge, huge hole in his torso, and his reaction is... Uh, it's really strange. He he says like, "Ow, shit, fuck." Um, but like, it's it's not it's not really in a comedic way. Like, it's not. It's, it's like not, he stubbed his toe really hard. Yeah, and 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 that could be like framed through the film language as the joke, but that didn't seem to happen. Like, it just seemed like it was Keegan Michael Key's like first take at seeming hurt and then they just went with it like it didn't seem like that was the joke to me but that's that's what happened so i was just that was a bit strange to me and then he looks up and he notices that his boy thomas jane who they've been kind of like bros throughout the entire movie thomas jane is is pinned to a tree he's he's uh, impaled through the stomach um and so they're both looking at each other they're 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 in their uh last moments or at least they're gonna bleed out slowly and so they just both look at each other and they both fire their guns at the same time and kill each other i thought i thought that was cool so i gotta give the movie credit there but otherwise the whole the whole last 20 minutes people are just getting are getting killed so quickly and there's uh action sequences that like it just it feels like it came out of nowhere it's not it feels like the action sequence was not storyboarded because stuff is just happening so fast and I don't really have my footing. Like, I don't know where we are. Um, and so that, that makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Um, it, it kind of feels like it, it's tough because some of the, um, the actors are bringing a lot to this. Um, maybe just cause they have like an inherent level of charm, but um there's it just feels like there's nothing here i don't know i feel like this movie is attempting in a way to sort of capitalize on revitalizing a format or kind of movie that you know shane black and fred decker are going to be familiar with like the late 80s kinds of movies mm -hmm. um, but i feel like a late 80s version of this movie and i don't know if predator 2 does this because it's set in a city but like you really could have just doubled down on what like you said. We put a predator alien in suburbia. Hijinks ensue. Like just do that. You know, it doesn't need to be this like government surveillance. Get the big weapon. Predators fighting each other. Fucking train wreck. Um, I think there's a lot more potential to simplifying a lot of what this movie has going on. 
um, focusing it a bit more because like you said, it's really disjointed at the beginning too. Um, it has a lot to set up and it's not really clear why or like what's happening. Like they go get Olivia Munn's character and it's just like, okay, I guess she's, she's involved now. Whoever, whoever this person is. And then it's back to the other group, back to this, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, I don't know. There's a streamlined version of this movie. I feel like that maybe works a little bit better. I think so too. I'm, I'm noticing now that as I look at my notes, Everything I liked is in the first half of my notes. And I think what that means is that um, it doesn't mean I liked everything in the first half because stuff is introduced in the first half that I could tell uh, this could be bad if they if they continue on with this. But um, I liked a lot of stuff in that first half because it could be setting up a movie that is unique. Um, I like that the movie takes place on Halloween. I like that the Halloween is... Um, is communicated because there's going to be a Halloween haunt yeah. put on by the school. So I'm thinking, I have a okay. really early note that says, if this kid doesn't wear the predator mask to that, who even cares? Yes, and he does, right? <laughs> he he wears. So that's that's really that's really cool, and it also is just a great image of communicating predator in suburbia that is so i was thinking this could be really fun i like the self-reflexive talk that um the the military crew and also like the government agencies talk that they, they they have this talk about how um the predators aren't aliens and well they are aliens they they have the talk that the predators aren't predators they're sports hunters but predator Ugh. is just like more uh more convenient cool. of a term i thought that was pretty funny and i think that's like a good way to just to update the whole concept and still call the movie predator and and keep um uh keep the name and stuff i thought i thought that was good humor and i also like um uh in this bus scene we have where we're introduced to all of our military crew you know, it's a scene that you've seen in a whole lot of action movies where you, we've got a whole bunch of guys uh, in an area and they all know each other. And then you have one guy that doesn't know any of them. And so you've got to go around the circle and introduce him to everyone and thereby introducing the audience to all these characters. And we do that. And it is it's really, really bad because you're introducing one dude that just has Tourette's. And so his character and the is, joke that, is that he has Tourette's like for fuck's sake. Are we not beyond that? Yeah, he's just saying, like, uh, and the the form of Tourette's he has is just saying like, like not offensive. Well, I guess you could say offensive things, but just it's like saying curse words, saying loudly. curse words, which is supposed to be funny, right? Um, and then uh, you've you get introduced to Keegan Michael Key's character, whose character is that he says grade school jokes. Um, and so I thought that this whole scene is is really A bad, of which I'll admit made me laugh because they're really stupid. <laughs> there you go. Um, but at the, at the end of this scene, this scene that I did not like, um, we have, uh, um, our main character here, uh, played by Boyd Holbrook, who didn't do much for me in this movie. By the time I finished, I, I, I thought, okay, this is the lead guy from Avatar, as opposed to thinking, <laughs> as opposed to thinking, this is a guy I hadn't seen before, but he won me over. You know, he, right. he does fine. Like he's, he's, he's acting and he's, I, he's, I, I he's bought him act, in the role, but he's action man. He is action man. And he's surrounded by 
much more charismatic people, I think. Um, so yeah. he kind of gets he gets lost. Um, like even I think even Jacob Tremblay has him beat in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, so he he fell through the cracks. But his character, who is the new guy on this bus, uh, he yells at everyone to shut the fuck up because they're all just laughing and joking around and stuff. And and he's he's trying to get a handle on everything that's going on. Take it seriously. And they stop talking. And then really quickly, they start making fun of him for yelling at them to shut the fuck up. They kind of start mocking him. And I really liked that cap off to this scene. And it showed me, I think, what this whole group's dynamic could have been. Because what they're trying to illustrate here is that um, it's it's a military group that doesn't, like, abide by... uh, really like politeness you know you're not gonna be it's a cordial with someone dudes. who's new yeah like like you said which is why <laughs> some of these crass jokes are in here it's it's a boys club it's a bunch of dudes being dudes and so you've got to have that <laughs> bunch, and i bunch of guys being bros yeah <laughs> um and I, I i think that's that's fair that's a, that's a good take to have and then you've got um uh Boyd Holbrook's character, who's the new guy trying to take it seriously, he and he's coming into this group, and uh, and um, he's not really playing by their rules, but they're they've known each other for so long, and so they're not just going to bow down to him. And so I liked them making fun of him for trying to take it seriously because it it shows their dynamic, but it's not punching down. And I thought that that whole scene, particularly particularly with Thomas Jane's Tourette's character, is like totally just punching down. And it's also jokes that aren't don't feel organic to any sort of character it's just a a characteristic forced upon a character so that you remember that character as this is the x guy whereas instead i think that dialogue could have been written to have these characters feel more like individuals less like archetypes but also feel like they're irreverent friends who uh joke around and don't don't take things too seriously so um that was that was something i liked early on in the movie um but it also had a lot in that scene i didn't like and so i was battling between okay this movie could go either way and um i think where it ends up going is 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 the way that i did not like you know it's the we have predator in in suburbia but not quite because he's in like a a big baseball field where everything is dark and And then the woods uh, and then, and then you're in the woods, right? And so it feels like a lot of prom, any of the promise that was indicated early on in this movie. Um, another example of that is the gore in the first scene. You get someone cut in half at the beginning of this movie, and they're hanging upside down from a tree, and the camera is really lingering on it, and you're like seeing this person's insides fall out, and then they're falling onto the invisible predator who is lying that on I the ground. That I thought was kind of fucking sick, actually. Yeah. Or it's new. That was pretty cool. The 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 <laughs> gore is l- landing on the invisible outline of this predator, and so you're kind of seeing the predator, but he's he's being highlighted by this wicked practical gore that's landing on him and so that that's in the first scene of the movie and i thought wow that is one it's cool that they're using practical effects because it looks great and two it's an interesting way to uh communicate 
the severity of the situation, but also um, to highlight the predator. I thought that was a great, great scene. And then any promise um, that that scene had is, I think, is totally goes away when all of our action scenes are CGI green blood that doesn't stick around red blood that doesn't stick around it's in a flash and then it's gone from the screen and so um i think that all the stuff that i did like about this movie um and and there are a few jokes that made me laugh as well um because the movie it keeps trying and so some of this stuff you know it, it's likely to get you but i think broken clock etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah um you know, one example of that is uh, when uh, a character says to Olivia Munn's character that we need to get the fuck out of here. And Olivia Munn says, get the fuck out of here is my middle name. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't what? know. And then, somebody so says, and then somebody says, that's not a good middle name. <laughs> like, uh, that's funny. I think that's really funny. It's it's corny and it's silly and uh, it's funny. It's not taking itself too seriously. Um, so there there is stuff here that, you know, it, I, I can sort of see what they were going for, especially when you describe it, Corey, as like a throwback to these late 80s, mid 80s action movies. And it is stuff that I haven't seen before in um, uh like a 2010s big budget movie but it is totally blanketed over one by uh action sequences and a plot that i have seen before in big budget action modern day action movies and two with jokes that um feel very outdated um they don't feel like they call back to 80s movies because this isn't stuff that i've seen in 80s movies it just it feels outdated in that most of these jokes have never even made it to film because there's just no no sense for them there i mean this is stuff that like even super bad which is like one of the filthiest movies um filthiest dialogue-based comedy movies it doesn't really have stuff like this and the stuff like this that it does have um feels like it has more um it has more context to it in in that you know how you're supposed to respond to it like if someone says something that is offensive um you get that that person is not supposed to be sympathized with um and i don't really get that in this movie it feels very surface level this person said something that is outlandish and so we're supposed to laugh at them and think that they're funny yeah this movie also suffers from a fundamental completely unignorable flaw um so the whole existence of jacob tremblay's character rory um is based in a very ill-informed i guess is the first go with like understanding of what autism is so they they frame it olivia munn's character ends up framing it as they think the predators are under the impression that his autism and in particular it seems like he can like translate predator language that's something i sort of picked up a bit from the wikipedia honestly i didn't really notice um but so there's a point earlier in the movie where there's a fire alarm which is upsetting because like the alarm is really loud so he sort of like zones out for a second when he comes back up a bunch of shit had been knocked off of some chess boards and they're like wow he memorized where everything was on the chess boards he's so smart what an incredible thing autism makes you so smart wow truly this is the next step in human evolution um the fact that he's got these um like he's like a savant in a way um 
that's just ugh. like implying that a there is one existence of what or one experience of what it is like to live with autism b as one reviewer put it emma stefanski autism equals really smart and um just sort of glossing over that and just being like, eh, sure, we'll just use that as one of the plot things, whatever. It's like, it feels fucking, it's, it's ill-informed, but it's also just kind of fucking gross. It's like, you can't take such a complex and diverse experience that many, many people have and be like, oh, autism, that's the thing where you're really smart, but only about one thing. The predators want that for evolution reasons. I don't fucking know. Like, that's not good enough. It's the same thing with the Tourette's. Like, Tourette's is not just, you say fuck a lot, and it's funny. Like, it's more complicated than that. You have to acknowledge those things, or else you're being reductive, and it's fucking pointless. Yeah, and and that is, at its core, the most baffling thing about this movie. I truly have no idea how this, this th- those Got two aspects of the film... so many people. Yes, because... Okay, I've seen a, a fair share of movies where um, I watch them and I'm like, oh man, this this reeks of the times. This is uh, this did not age well, um, but we're past that now. And it is um, like real, like you know, you, you can you can see a lot of '80s movies uh, where they use uh, slurs to refer refer to gay people, and it's like, okay, uh, you know, that we're past Product that now. Time. Product of its time, but for. Th- for the Tourette's and the autism thing to be in this movie, I I, I remember 2018 well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was not a product of its time. We are absolutely past that. Yeah, you can channel the 80s without doing shit like this. And I think it's just like, it's so strange because like, you know, I don't want to do the same thing and paint with a really broad brush here, but indulge me this one thing. I am willing to bet it's not easy to live with autism that's going to have its difficult moments in very specific ways and to paint over all of that with oh well the benefit is you're really smart like dude come on like you're saying like oh actually like all the difficulties you go through um being neuroatypical actually fuck you it's a good thing get over it and I don't want to, I know people are going to be like, oh, come on. That's not what the movie The Predator is trying to say. And whether or not that's a point it's attempting to make, it's what the movie says. Whether it's what it's about or not. And you just can't do that. You just can't. Yeah, and I want to make it clear it's to people. It's completely inexcusable. I got to make it clear to people that haven't seen this movie that Corey is not reading into uh, subtext. It is, it is written dialogue. <laughs> it is it is written dialogue. It is the climax of this movie. Like it is it is a, the a plot line that goes through from beginning to end. That's what this movie commits to. That uh, Olivia Munn, she is a biologist in this movie, and she is the voice of reason in this movie. She has a line of dialogue saying that autism is a lot of people believe autism is our next evolutionary step and uh she says that with uh sincerity and she says that uh not to immediately disagree with it like it is it is brought up because that is that is what the audience needs to now have in their mind to understand why the predator is going to be 
abducting Jacob Tremblay. It is because autism is our next evolutionary step. And uh, it it just, I, it's just so, I am so confused as to how, how that made it in. Um, I, I really, really do not get how all, how all these people from executives to actors. I mean, I know you get paid to say this stuff, but it's, I, I nobody, really don't yeah, nobody understand this up the whole way down. So if you go to the IMDb character error section, um, three of them are about Olivia Munn's character as the doctor saying doctor stuff that doesn't make sense. I'm going to hit a couple of these. A, Casey incorrectly says that studies have shown that autism is actually just the next step in human evolution when autism is actually just a mental disorder in the wording of the IMDb writer. Um, Casey is a biologist. She would never say it grew an exoskeleton under its skin as an exoskeleton by definition is outside the body. A biologist would know that. Um, and a biologist would never say that the super predator is evolving in comparison to the rest of its kind. Evolution occurs to an entire species due to environmental factors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They say that is scientifically illiterate. But whoever was filling these out, there's something I have to mention. The fourth one is Emily refers to the Frankenstein monster incorrectly as Frankenstein, the name of the scientist that created him, not the monster itself. This is a very common mistake. <laughs> huge character error <laughs> on that one yeah but like i'm glad that other people are pointing these things out viewers are at least noticing this oh ab- absolutely and when the movie came out this is the sort of stuff i was hearing i didn't look too deep into it um uh because i was still planning on seeing the movie but i was i was hearing rumblings of this and i was thinking uh that i mean wow i can't i can't believe that this is in the movie um it made me want to see it more because i just i couldn't i i couldn't believe it and fathom and and in watching it yeah i got to um uh tell people that it's very much in the movie um explicitly (laughs) this isn't yeah it is is it it is there on purpose uh last thing i want to i want to note anyway it's of a similar vein. I have a note. So at the beginning, they're talking about betting on whether or not the hostages are going to show up. And uh, right at the end, M- McKenna decides. Uh, he says he's in for 20 bucks on the bet, but he doesn't pick a side. He doesn't say if they're going to show up or not. He just says he's in for 20 bucks. Nobody asks him what side he was going to pick, and it never comes up again. And it drove me insane. That is so funny. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I didn't have a lot of notes on this movie. I think some of the actors are charismatic working with what they have, but otherwise it's a very bland one-note attempt at a send-up to a bygone era of genre filmmaking with a litany of very problematic thoughts on autism. Yeah, I think it is a huge misfire, a really baffling misfire because if it is calling back to 80s action movies and let's say it's calling back to some 80s action movies where stuff in it is um could now be taken as offensive uh those 80s action movies didn't put that stuff in um to 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 be offensive and they didn't put it in because like they they a lot of stuff that was that that is put in there that is now out of date worked at the time is my yeah. assumption. And of course we're generalizing, but I get what you mean when you're saying that 
this is this is not the same because this does not work now and would not really have worked then either. Whereas if there's something where, yeah, like a movie from 30 years ago is really demeaning to its gay characters, you're like, well, basically every movie was doing that. So unfortunately, we're going to have to live with that. But this is not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great way to put it. It it just doesn't it doesn't make sense because it feels like it's forcing something into it in order to in the future be regarded a certain way, but if it doesn't work even in the present at that time, then what are you doing? And it's such a shame because I I really think that this movie could have been uh what it wanted to be. One if the if the the editing, the plot was tightened up without these reshoots, and um, uh, if they um, had set it in more interesting places, I think if we had done away with uh, Thomas Jane and Jacob Tremblay's representations of those characters, the way those characters are written, I like both those actors so they can stay, and I like that we have a kid at the heart of the Predator movie, but I just think the the, the way it turns out... Um, doesn't add up to anything so i think if we if we change them there's still a lot of humor in this movie and a lot of scenes that you could keep you know you bring up the bedding thing i really liked when they first uh get olivia munn's character into their military crew she's passed out and when she wakes up she grabs a gun and they say oh man uh, uh, i win the bet you said that she wouldn't grab the gun and she's grabbing the gun and then a minute later she fires the gun it's not loaded and uh, keegan michael key's character says oh man i told you guys she would fire it you guys got to pay up i think i think that's a funny joke it's something i haven't really seen before um and i think if the movie just did like a maybe had a third writer maybe this movie needed six or seven more writers <laughs> well i'm just thinking <laughs> shane black and fred decker these guys go way back together you know 30 year friendship or whatever um and it feels very much like uh these guys were like making a movie uh between friends they weren't really thinking about other people i mean i think that is sort of illustrated Evident. uh <laughs> Most unfortunately, clearly, when Shane Black hired a longtime friend, this is from the Wikipedia page, for a minor unauditioned role in The Predator in which his character repeatedly tries to flirt with uh, Olivia Munn's character. And that oh, character me, had been yeah. a registered sex offender. The actor, um, it's not the character. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, the actor. The actor had uh, has been a registered sex offender when he pleaded and guilty. He didn't. they didn't tell the cast that. <laughs> Yes, and so Olivia Munn uh, um, started coming out uh, saying that she just learned about this and she wanted his scenes gone, and uh, and um, she was basically left alone, uh, standing up for herself in this movie. Um, and Shane Black, you know, put out a statement uh, defending his casting decision, um, and uh, super. That I remember when this happened as well, and this uh, put me off. I, I should have brought this up when I said why I didn't go see the movie because this was this was a weird, weird story, and it really bummed me out on Shane Black because uh, before that, I I thought it was so cool that this dude who was making unique, funny movies like The Nice Guys was now getting uh, 
the the reins behind a big franchise with Fred Decker, who has been his friend for a good while and who hasn't written anything in a while. I was excited as to what they could do together, you know, as as friends. Um, Super bad came from a friendship, uh, and so I was thinking, okay, this could be this could be really fun. And then when I learned this about him, I was thinking, oh man, uh, one, I don't. I don't like that as a as what it says about him, but also I don't like that uh, he's he is uh, going around other crew members on the movie, and it it it, it kind of just like reeks of arrogance and uh, yeah, it's fucking gross, is what it is, and it just it, it that really that really bummed me out, and so um, how that ties into a third writer could have helped this. Um, well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're writer. at. Yeah, is someone someone could have come in who isn't in that club and objectively been like, okay, guys, I know maybe you've been making these jokes together for thirty years, but this doesn't work. This isn't going to come across the way you think it is. This is not Let's what autism this. is. Let's rework this. And I think, I think that could have helped the movie as well because some stuff that they have in this movie uh, works, but most of it doesn't and the stuff that doesn't work is like the heart of the movie which is uh makes me not like the movie at all i think it it feels like a kid's movie for adults like it has the in (laughs) it has like the intelligence of a of of a a movie that's talking to people um uh as if they're not really gonna think about what they're seeing they're just gonna take it at face value uh right the physics in this movie become absolutely ridiculous. The plot <laughs> is like, like I said, both s- simple, like so a kid could understand it, but also way too complex as if uh, some adults wrote it, but felt like they had to dumb it down. And altogether, it just feels, it feels so misguided. I would absolutely say watch Venom instead. That's yeah, where I just... come down on it could have done a lot better it's this is i i i kind of come down to maybe this was not the creative team for the job in the end if this is what we got you know um yeah, yeah. they gave, gave them a shot and they they botched it yeah <laughs> go watch robocop 3 yeah yeah listen to our robocop 3 episode <laughs> and also i would be remiss if i didn't mention this because this is this is so weird at the very end of this movie uh boyd holbrook holbrook's character the weird says <laughs> says to the predator he says what are you and the predator starts to like talk in its predator language it goes like <laughs> it goes like mwah, mwah, mwah. and then he shoots it in the head and goes shut the fuck up like, like what dude, is dude, you that ask. <laughs> that is so that it's is so a weird, weird setup and you'd think he'd say like like you're picturing like an arnold one-liner incoming like have an ice day or something like you need a setup for like a funny joke and it's just shut the fuck up i think i think that is the perfect representation of the tact of this movie and how (laughs) and how like we are we're so uninterested in actually learning anything other than uh, any anything other than the machismo of these dudes do you want to watch the taste of this movie out with the william castle film genera yeah yeah how many how many movies we got on that list now have we cracked 300 yet I don't believe so. I think I had a. No, it wasn't a big week for me, Corey. So we're we're at two ninety three. All right, two ninety three is the predator off the list. 
let me triple check. <laughs> <laughs> let me make the most sure I've ever done anything. Well, you know what? I don't know if it's off the list. Uh, okay. Uh, what if we land on it? Like, what if we did though? Like, what well, would we even do? What are they? Like, the odds are so slim. Here's the thing: when we rolled the predator last week, it was early in the list, right? Like, it was like thirty or something. Thirty you or like fifty something. That's yeah. right. Okay, so it is off the list, though. Predator Two is on the list, and I, I figure we keep that. So Predator yeah, Two. Yeah, that seems like a different movie. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's let's do it. You ready to go? Yes. Three, two, one. Big money, big money, no whammies. Spin. Okay. No whammies, no whammies. Stop. Rough, roughly in the middle. 173. Okay. Oh, fuck. This one's just a book. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wow. Okay. This one. So 173. Let me confirm. 173. Yes, that's okay. correct. So above 173, everybody. We just missed doing The Craft Legacy. Ooh. And we just missed doing Prom Night 3. Ah, okay. Prom Night 2, great episode by us. Prom Night 2, banger of a film. Great episode by us and Laura, but also good good movie. That's right. Okay, we got... Wow, this is going to be heavy, Corey. I hope. Oh, <laughs> I hope. Uh, yeah, you need to. Uh, I assume you need to be. A, we need to be in a certain kind of mindset next week. Fuck. Uh, and I hope this movie is available to watch because oh this is God. a small Wikipedia article, everybody. We got Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer Part Two. I don't even know what that is. Okay, so before we leave, I'm just going to make sure it is available to watch somewhere, and that is the only caveat. Otherwise, never, we're going forward. Have I even heard of this? It's on Amazon Prime. To watch for free? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's it, everybody. Okay, I guess. What the fuck? What even is this? The plot summary of Henry II starts with the sentence, Henry II picks up where the original left off. But you don't know what the original is, is what you're no, saying? No, I've never heard of it. I don't even know how this is on the list. I don't know what it is. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what Henry II will be, but Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, that's a, okay. that's a heavy, heavy movie. Yeah, that first movie's short. It looks like, like their second eight, one looks they're short. They're like 80 minutes. I dig it. All right, so let's get out of here, I think. I think we're good to go with that. We have to build ourselves up emotionally for that experience. That's right, yeah, let's go. Thank you all once again for listening to another episode of They Made Another One. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at T-M-A-O. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at tmaopodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and how many writers you think the Predator should have had. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson. You can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. Liam, where can people find you? You guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. My username is Graham the Mallow. And you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. And you can go check out the season finale wrap-up spectacular of mk podquest a show that i do with our friend neil we were re-watching mortal kombat conquest the tv show we are now fully done that taking a look at a few other things and then we are moving on to um 
Mortal Kombat The Journey Begins and then a few other things in the future. So you can catch up on the TV show. You can hear our finale, which I'm going to say right now has some really spectacular cameo appearances that I think are worth checking out. And that's MK PodQuest all over the internet. And with that out of the way, we'll catch you here next time for more. They made another one?